everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ruby for All. Julie, what is up with you? Oh, our dishwasher was leaking. Oh, no. We didn't, we didn't know about it. No. I don't know for how long. So we're dealing with that right now. Is it rotted everything? There is some weirdness with the laminate in front of the sink, which I thought was just water sitting on the laminate, but now feels more like something happening underneath. Yikes. I don't have any updates though, because we might have to rip apart some things too. Yeah, see what's, yeah. What's there? I did some contracting work during like the summers. When you said that, I'm like, oh my God, they're gonna, if it's been leaking for a while, I'm like, oh my God, you got to rip all that wood. That wood's going to have to be replaced because it gets moldy and this and that. Well, oh no. What's a while? Enough for it to have seeped into the wood. Yeah, it's likely. Unless there's not any wood for it to seep into, which would be dope. Do you have tile floors? Well, we have the subfloor and then we have the laminate in front. So yeah, and it could be bad and we're just sort of It might not be though. So (laughs) hopefully not. Maybe we'll keep you updated in a future episode. (laughs) Yeah, let me know. (laughs) You did remind me of, I had a roommate and deep bless his heart, but he was not the sharpest crayon in the box. And that's putting it in the nicest way possible. And one day I came home and he's like, hey man, I put a bunch of dishwasher soap in the dishwasher and then something happened. And I was like, okay, well, what happened? And then he like pointed to the kitchen and it's filled with bubbles. No, just like in TV show or a cartoon. (laughs) Exactly like that. So homie thought that the Dawn dish soap was dishwasher detergent. Oh God. That kid. That looks like fun. (laughs) My kids would be like, oh, bubbles. Yeah, but it's not fun to clean up. No. Um, Sorry. Yeah, that was a long time ago, fortunately. So I just got back from RailsConf. And I think we're going to talk about that a little bit today. A lot of people asked about you. You weren't there. And I had to explain why. I'm so bummed to not be there. And yeah, I wish I was able to be out there because I heard that you also got to see Paul, our editor, in person. I did get to see Paul. Got to hang out with him for a day. That was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I got to see a lot of people that I missed. And that at this point, I feel like I have a crew and I go there to see them. There's certain people who I'm like, oh man, come here, give me a hug. Haven't seen you in a while. So it's a lot of fun to go hang out with friends there. And I've kind of shifted the way I go to conferences because at the beginning I was in every talk. I have notes, extensive notes on the talk and then go to the next talk and it's just talk. And what? You took notes, like extensive notes during talks. I I still have them. Wow. (laughs) I wouldn't have pictured you being that type. Yeah. I'm on my note taking grind sometimes, but I, Mm, yeah. yeah, I was organizing some of them the other day. I have lots of notes from the Vegas conference I went to. I don't know where all of the notes from like past Rails conference. Actually, I do know where because I saved them on GitHub. Well, wow, so, like publicly or? No, I think in a private... Well, I don't know where they are now. They might be in my archive org now, mm-hmm. which is a GitHub organization I have that just stores archive projects so that my main one isn't... Because there's like hundreds of them. And you still have hundreds uh, in I don't your have, main one? No, not on my main oh, okay. one anymore. That's why I've like basically taken every project that I'm not actively either will do something with or am doing something with. I only have 65 repos on my main. And then on my archive, I have 250. Oh, I guess I was expecting more from you. I've deleted several. Oh, so, okay. 
So I basically have 300 plus repos. I have 45. Yay me. That's not bad. None of these are forks either. So that was a big number of them. Uh, I literally made a gem to like help me delete forked repositories that now isn't really necessary because the GitHub CLI, I think, will do it. Mm. But anyway. You changed how you go to conferences. It seems like it's more of a reunion now being able to see your Ruby friends. Yes, that's basically exactly how it is. Like I did not go to a lot of talks this time. I think I went to much less than I usually do. Like smaller comps, I'm usually there in almost every talk. So like at RailsSass and at Sin City Ruby, I was in basically every talk. But for the bigger Rails and Ruby comps, I don't normally go to every talk since they'll be recorded. Watch the recordings? Sometimes. Okay. There was like one or two this time that I missed. I'm like, oh, dang, I wanted to go to that one. I just missed it for whatever reason. So I will watch those. But yeah, we'll see. I used to be a lot better about checking them after the conference came out. But then as I've naturally stopped going to them, I've naturally stopped watching as many. But I also think it has to do with the fact of like where I am. There are very specific types of talks that I really want to see. And if those are on the list, like I will go watch them. But there weren't a ton of talks that I was like, oh, yeah, this is something like I want to learn more about. I really wanted to go to some talks about asset management in Rails now because now that has really shifted in the past year or two. What is asset management? So like using import maps or ES build or Webpacker or whatever, because now like import maps are like the default, but I don't believe in import maps. And I've been trying to get someone to convince me to use them and no one has yet successfully. So I wanted to go to talks about that. There's prop shaft now, which is like the new sprockets replacement in Rails, which I would like to know more about because I don't know really much about it. What is sprockets? Sprockets. Sprockets is the way that Rails is handling assets right now. Hold on. Let's see here. Sprockets, Rails. Yeah, because Rails 7 made Sprockets optional. So Sprockets is a Ruby library for compiling and serving web assets. It features declarative dependency management for JavaScript and CSS assets, as well as powerful preprocessor pipeline that allows you to write assets in languages like CopyScript, SAS, and SCSS. So the before Webpacker, Sprockets was the way that Rails would process your primarily JavaScript and CSS assets. So a lot of people were writing CopyScript and a lot of people were writing SAS. And so those have to be compiled into JavaScript and CSS before your app can be promoted, right? So Sprockets was the way that Rails was converting these things into what the browsers understood. And that was all well and good. But then the way that people were handling assets back then was a lot different. Like they were literally packaging them up as part of a gem. So like your gem might have CSS and JavaScript in it. And the asset pipeline was able to basically run that through the pipeline. So at the end, when you deploy your application, it has all your JavaScript and CSS as well as it from your gems and stuff like that. And then we got Webpacker and then everything changed. And now we've kind of gone back to the asset pipeline where these new systems are actually... They're doing whatever they are doing whichever system you're using, they're doing whatever they're doing in the intermediary, but then they're dumping them into the asset pipeline so that Rails is then serving... It's serving that up that... See, I can't explain it super well. And that's why I wanted to go. I wanted more people to be talking about it. (laughs) But there were not any talks about that. And there was another subject I was more curious in, but regardless. So yes, I go to less talks (laughs) as I go to more conferences, it seems. Gotcha. Were there still like four tracks? I don't know how many tracks there were. There were tracks. Okay. 
And then there, of course, was a sponsor exhibit hall where all the sponsors are showing people some stuff and what they're up to. I hung out with the Honey Badger crew a lot. But the other people I talked to was Crunchy Data, which is a Postgres service, which I'm kind of interested about and cannot explain. Please don't ask. But the other people I talked to for a little bit was the RubyMine people um, from JetBrains who make RubyMine the editor. I was like kind of convinced to try it again because I've used it in the past, but they were showing me a bunch of the new features in it. And I was like, this looks really cool. Like showing you the route above your controller methods. Oh. Right? Oh, are you going to leave the VS Code train? (laughs) Probably not. I've used a lot of JetBrains products in the past, especially in college, because they have something called Eclipse, which is a really great Java IDE. And that's the main difference between what JetBrains is making versus VS Code. VS Code is a text editor. RubyMine is an IDE. Like it's a full integrated development environment. It's got all this stuff in it. There's the one part of like, oh, just writing code. But then there's the other part of like, you have to like learn this IDE in order to be able to use it effectively, I feel like, which is I have in the past tried to do and it's just a lot. So gotcha. I now at this point have like specific things where I'm like, I need RubyMine for this. If I'm working on a legacy application, like that is something because they have great refactoring stuff. They like show your database as like a actual image and there's so much stuff that they do, but for the majority of the time that I'm developing, I don't actually need it. But when I well, do need it, amazing. I know how to grab it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I love it. Maybe we can get someone from Remind or a Remind enthusiast to come talk to us more about it because it's cool. I'm like not poo-pooing it at all. I do enjoy it. I just don't need it all the time. Yeah, that's fair. It I also was has just, overhead. Yeah, that makes sense. I was just trying to navigate some code and I would try to click on, you know, when you command click on something and it's supposed to take you to where it was defined. But when you have multiple of the same name of things, it takes you to the wrong thing. And I have a feeling that RubyMine would be smarter about taking it you is. to the right place. Yeah. yeah. And the Ruby ecosystem in VS Code is changing now. Hi there, Julie here. I would like to take a moment to thank GoRails for sponsoring this episode. When I was first starting out, I struggled with finding up-to-date content to help me level up. Then I learned about GoRails. Not only does GoRails provide new screencasts weekly, they also have two fantastic instructors that break down complex topics into digestible chunks. On top of that, I really appreciate when they explain the whys behind the subject. One of my favorite walkthroughs is creating your first Ruby gem from scratch. What a great way to learn by stripping down to just the basics. If you care about leveling up as a Ruby engineer, you can't go wrong with GoRails. Check it out at GoRails.com. In the very beginning, this guy created a Ruby extension for VS Code. And I can't remember his name anymore, but then I'm pretty sure he joined the VS Code team. And then for some reason, the Ruby extension just kind of went unnoticed for a while. And some other developer picked it up and like did the majority of the work in it, I think. But now he has stopped maintaining it as well. So there's really no one maintaining it anymore. And Shopify has recently, they've written a new LSP a language server protocol for Ruby. And now I think VS Code is now recommending you use that. But there are some rough edges with that. I just started trying it. Like there are some things that it doesn't do that Solar Graph was doing that I'm like, okay, well, I missed this feature and I'm still trying it. But back to the conference. (laughs) Tangent over. I was going to say, did you attend the keynotes and any notable highlights from those? Because I've always enjoyed keynotes when attending conferences. So Eileen had a great keynote. 
to start the conference off with that when it comes out on video, everyone should watch. But the one that sticks out in my mind the most is Aaron Patterson's keynote at the very end, because I just always loved Aaron's talks. Like they're so fun to me, but he talked a lot about using Rails and VS Code. Funny enough, he talked a little bit about the Ruby LSP stuff that I just mentioned. And then he basically showed how to create a LSP for Rails and then what it could do and how they were doing it. And then showed like, you can start trying it today. It's in Shopify's organization. His basically his call to action was like, I think Rails should ship its own LSP because right now there are all these different like Vim and VS Code and Sublime or whatever. They're all using some sort of language. I think they're using language. I know Vim and VS Code do specifically, but there's different language servers for Ruby and for Rails and stuff. And his thing was like, what if Rails just shipped one, then there would just be one. And then we could just incrementally improve that one. And there wouldn't be all these other ones that implement different features. And you don't know which ones you need for certain features and stuff like that. So that was a great talk. And he actually showed some of the things that he was showing was like hovering over the routes better route completion stuff and like showing more details about that. So I will get a link to that repo and we will put it in our show notes for people to look at. But I know that there's definitely more happening on this end, I think in the future. So I think it's something that that we want to watch because that, it sounds like a great idea to me. That's awesome. I can't wait for the recordings to come out. My coworker, Vincent, gave a great talk about how he diagnosed and debugged and eventually found a memory leak at Podia. I thought that was a great talk that everyone should go watch. And I was there almost late, but I made it. That was a lot of fun to go and see. And then Drew Bragg had an awesome talk that I was only going to attend half of, but I ended up staying for the full time because it was just so much fun. He did a game show with a bunch of really weird Ruby syntax and he brought contestants up and had them like, it was multiple choice and the audience could help. And I sat beside Andy Kroll, who was one of our original sponsors. And he and I just kind of were like pairing almost like the entire <laughs> talk. We're like, I think it's B. He's like, okay, well, I think it's C because of blah, blah, blah reason. And then someone else that we were like, that guy's smarter than us would be like, oh, I think it's D. And we're like, okay, crap. It's obviously D. That was a ton of fun. And I ended up staying for the entire time for that because that was a blast to do. Yeah, I've always loved Drew's talks because you learn all these kind of cool slash weird Ruby things. Why were you planning on only staying for half? Because there was a live podcast that Brittany, Jason were doing. And that's why Paul was there to help with that. And they were doing that at the same time. And I was going to go do both. But I had so much fun that I skipped the podcast. Oops. That's unfortunate. Oops. But well, it's unfortunate that they were at the same time because they it was unfortunate they were at the same time because I definitely wanted to go to both, but <laughs> went to Drew's ton of fun. I hope I always learn fun things when I go to those talks that he does. So I was like, can't miss it. Any cool events or after parties that were notable? So I went to a test double party one night. That was a lot of fun, but I was kind of just hanging out with the people I came with. But mm -hmm. that was really cool. I got to meet some of the test double folks and chat about stuff. So that was fun. I didn't really go to as many after events this year. Everyone would be like, okay, well, we're all going to go dinner. And I would find like a dinner group. And then something would happen after that. Either we'd go back to the hotel and chill out in the bar area, or we would go somewhere else and chill out there. But I was having major social anxiety the whole time. So I kind of just stuck to Jason. 
Mm. Like a baby dog. Is that something that you experience usually? It's gotten a lot worse. Do you know why? I don't. Actually, we don't have to get into that here. (laughs) I don't know why. I just know that I've always been very introverted. Yeah. I'm the type of person that like, I will disappear from the conference and go take a nap or something. But I don't know, this year felt worse. (laughs) I don't know why. It was weird. I think what also was messing me up a little bit was that people kept coming up to me. And some of them were people I should have known. And others were people I didn't know. And so like the very, very beginning of the conference on Sunday night, I think, because I think it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I got in the night before and I went down to the bar to find Jason and I saw Dave Paola, who we had on the show the other day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, man, what's up? And I was like, hey, man, I'm Andrew Mason. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if we've ever met before. And he's like, dude, we talked like two weeks ago. But that didn't happen once. Not with him. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> that did not happen one time. It happened. So like I saw Andy Kroll, gave him a hug. Hey, Josh, how's it going? <laughs> I did that repeatedly. I kept getting people's names wrong. And then people also kept coming up to me and being like, hey, man, great to meet you. And I'm like, do I know this person? And I'm like racking my brain. I wasn't on my medication either. So like Mike from Obelisk, who we talked to a few weeks ago, like he came up and said something to me. And after he walked away, I realized who he was. I didn't say anything dumb in the moment, but I was like, oh my God. And it just clicked. I did that all week and it was kind of frustrating. Have you heard, I forget what it's called. I was talking to a friend about how it's very hard for me to recognize faces. And okay, this is very off topic, but as a pharmacist, I had a patient come ask me a question. Like I was out in the OTC over the counter aisles and they asked me a question and then I had to go look it up. So I went back and looked on the computer. And then when I came out, there were like three different people there. And I was like, oh shoot, which one was it that I was talking to? And from that moment, I realized like I have a very hard time recognizing faces. And so a lot of people, I think I should know them, but I don't know them. Were there masks that were required? Because sometimes I use that as an out. I was this year, they were not required. Gotcha. Has this always been like a thing for you? I'm intrigued by this now. No, I'm actually pretty good at recognizing faces. But I think it was the fact that like I had seen most of them online, Mm, not in person. So I don't think I've ever met Dave. Like Dave's, the one with Dave sticks out specifically in my brain. I don't know if I've ever met Dave in person before. Okay, that's fair. So I think that was part of it. And the other part was like, I was just having attention issues. (laughs) So I don't know. It was a thing. It happened. But if you saw me and I didn't realize who you were, I'm sorry. I'm just an idiot. It wasn't you. You're uh, not an idiot. And well, my brain was not doing the right thing. That's okay. Music. We have these moments. Yeah, you're right. But one thing that they did really well this year was a lot more emphasis on junior developers, I think. Early career developers, as we're calling them now. And I got to hang out with a lot of them. I feel like I hung out a lot with early career developers this year than I have in the past. And That's awesome. I, I thought that was fun. Did you find another podcast to be a co-host on, by the way? No. <laughs> no, I did not. I was not interested. <laughs> what, were you uh, poached? No, not for podcasting, no. Okay. I've been poached at conferences before, but this time I came and I was like, I'm not interested in a new job. I'm not interested in a new podcast. So I kind of just kept my head low. Yeah. Did you have fun overall? I did. 
I was ready to get home, but I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I always love hanging out with Jason. So, I mean, to me, like I got to hang out with Jason. That was a lot of fun. Got to hang out with my CTO who lives in Ireland. So I don't get to see him often. And I always enjoy hanging out with him as well. And I didn't realize that's where he's from or yeah. living. Jamie. Did you ever meet Jamie? I think RailsConf last year. He was there. Yeah. Jamie's awesome. I was in an Uber with Jamie and Jason and we were all in the back seat together because the person had the front seat filled with stuff. So we're all sitting in the back seat and I made this comment about how I don't normally wear a seatbelt. And Jamie was like, okay, so note to self, every time Andrew goes driving, make sure he's got his code committed. And it was the reason why it was funny to me is because I was sitting in between them. I did not have a seatbelt on. And if the car had stopped, I was going straight through the windshield. But anyway, yeah, I got to see a lot of great people. The number one reason startups fail is that they run out of money. There are so many ways for startups to lose money. Downtime should not be one. Recent studies found that downtime can cost $427 per minute for small businesses and up to $9,000 per minute for medium-sized businesses. That's every single minute. A monthly subscription with Honey Badger helps you prevent costly downtime by giving you all the monitoring you need in one easy-to-use platform so you can quickly understand what's going on and how to fix it, which helps you stay in business. Get started today in as little as five minutes at honeybadger.io with plans starting at free. Yeah, you heard me, free. A big thank you to Honey Badger for sponsoring this episode of Ruby for All. Back to the junior thing. I think they did a lot better job of that this year. From what I saw, Colin was a guide and I saw him a lot with his scholar. That was really cool to see. It was great to see them really kind of like introducing their scholars to other people. And Jason has someone that he mentors and she was there and she was not an actual, I don't think she's an actual scholar. I know Jason was not a guide. I don't know if she's an actual scholar, but it was like great to see like Jason, like, Hey everyone, this is so-and-so. And I mentor her. And like, I had someone that I've been working with there and got to introduce him to people and got to meet new people and got to give random advice that I have stored away. I was talking to someone, I went to dinner with a group of people and one of them was like, yeah. And he kind of told me his story and I was like, okay, I'm interested. And he's like, I'm going to give a lightning talk tomorrow and do blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey man, listen. I was like, before you give your talk and after you give the talk, tell people you're looking for a job. Like you're talking to a room full of people who possibly have hiring opportunities, who possibly will remember you in the future. And I asked people later, because I wasn't able to attend the lightning talk, but I asked my coworker, Stephanie, I was like, do you remember a person who told everyone that he was trying to be hired. She's like, yeah, I do. Mm, and I was like, that feels cool. good. So yeah. I like that they did a lot more of that, more focus on early career developers, it felt like, and introducing them to people. And because some of us have things to offer. What I offered to him wasn't like crazy or life-changing or anything, but it was just something that I had that I knew that could benefit someone in his position. So I don't know, all that felt great. Met a lot of people who listened to the podcast. That was a lot of fun. They were very disappointed you weren't here. But I told them you'd be at RubyConf. I will be at RubyConf. It is not quite my backyard, but a lot closer. I'm so sorry I missed meeting all these people. Yeah, it was good. I really like that there is a focus on early career devs because not that there wasn't any. I do feel like I wanted a maybe a regional conference that was geared solely to early career devs just to make us feel more... Not that we weren't feeling welcomed. I don't know how to say this without feeling like I'm bashing on anybody, but 
just cool to have a conference that's this is the focus. This is where you should go if you are an early career dev. Yeah. They were doing resume reviews, I think, um, oh, and cool. offering headshots. And there were a few companies like Test Double and Shopify who you could go pair with, I think. So mm. I thought that was really cool of all those people involved to offer up their time. Yeah, I like that a lot. So next year, RailsConf will be in Detroit. So that's the location. They always announce the location of the next RailsConf there. So Detroit next year, it was fun. I think the vibe was a little different this year and I can't exactly pinpoint why, but it was just a little bit different. So I'm very excited for RubyConf in San Diego because I think there was not as many people at this conference and I don't know, because there's a lot of factors, right? We had layoffs have been happening recently in the tech industry. That's a part. There weren't as many sponsors this year and I have a feeling that was why. It was in Georgia, which has some laws that people are very uncomfortable with. So I think it had something to do with it as well. But overall, I had fun. So that's good. I'm glad you went. I'm glad you had fun. Did you pass out some stickers? I did pass out some stickers. Yeah, I had people actually ask me for them. Because we're going to be at a conference soon and because there are more conferences that you and I are going to probably this year, I didn't want to just start throwing them out on the tables. I was like, we can take these to as many conferences as the last four. So I put out some and they were all gone. And then I was like, okay, if you want more, come find me. And several people did. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I really do like our logo. Yeah. Oh, you have it on your bottle. Yep. I put it on my water bottle. Yeah, yeah I, I like found it, so. it on the floor the other day and reminded me what my, I don't remember how old he was at the time. Maybe he was, five. oh yeah. No, I think he was four at the time, but he said, oh, is that your code worker? Yeah. Coworker. <laughs> that's funny code worker. That's cool. But yeah, it was a lot of fun and I'm excited for next year. I want to say thank you to all the people involved with setting this up, the speakers, the organizers, Ruby Central, the sponsors, especially for making such a great opportunity for people. So yeah, it was a success. I'm also glad that the scholars and guides continue to live on. I'm hoping to apply as a guide for RubyConf. Nice. Yeah, do it. You'll be great at that. Thank you. That'll be cool. I want to do it. I probably won't. But I've stated my reasons for that in the past. Just, I need to be free. I'm a peacock. You gotta let me fly. But that's pretty much all I got. Well, I'm really glad that you had a good time. I look forward to the next conference and hopefully I get to see you soon. Yep, you will. And that'll be fun. Maybe we can do something fun for the podcast at RubyConf. Yes. Actually, maybe I can start planning for that, which really means I will think about it the week before the conference. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to hit up Brittany and see what she's going. If she has any things she's planning, we'll see. Then that was RailsConf 2023. If you saw me and I saw you, that was a lot of fun. If I didn't remember your name, I'm sorry. I probably will next time because I am very good about that. Once I get your face the first time i get it for the rest of the time but everyone we'll see you hopefully in san diego and if you're listening we'll see you next week bye everyone bye everyone